Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hello! Hello, is anyone out there? Oh, great. I got locked in an Arby's bathroom again. Ugh, Adam, you got to stop doing this. They're going to start calling it your bathroom, but it's not. It's not. It's Arby's bathroom. Who is Arby's? Huh. You know, I heard some fun rumors that Arby's is called Arby's because of R-B, roast beef. But maybe there's actually a historical Arby. I don't know. There is a, you know, a possessive parenthesis or, oh God, Adam, focus on the hand at task. You got to get out of this bathroom and choose CJ's therapy session or the whole gang will be upset with you again. But why do we call it upset and not downsets? Because when you're upset, you're mad at something and looking down at it. We should call it downsets. Why is everyone so downset with you, Adam? <sighs> Help! Is anyone out there? And why do we say there like that? We have a possessive there, and we have a location there. The English language is frustrating. Friends in an alternate future, welcome to Mystery County Monster Hunters Club, where we use the game Monster of the Week to tell a story of literary leaps and textual takeovers in the real and actual 2007. I'm Tyler Samples, your keeper of monsters and mysteries. Let's meet our players. Hi, I'm Jeff Murdoch, and I play Adam Miller, the weird scientist, and I've never been locked in an Arby's bathroom, and you can't prove it. Hi, I'm Erin Rain. I play Crashly Grenadine, the monstrous. And Crashly's all like, is it really so weird these things that I'm doing and that are happening to me right now? Like drinking blood or eating hair. It's not that weird. Like, have you ever had a canker sore? Guess what? You drank your own blood. Have you ever bit your nails? Guess what? You're cool or whatever. No, you're not. You're normal. And so am I. It just so happens I do a little more of the above and the below. Hi, everyone. My name is Claire Linick. I play Susan Wexler, the expert. And let's just say someone in the group has a very dramatic new haircut. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Alan Linick, and I play CEJ, the professional. And I just got out of a movie date with Crashly. And in this reviewer's opinion, let's just hope it really is the last Mimsy. Hi, I'm Erin Keefe, and I'm Dorothea Dewey. And her wig is loose. My wig is loose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, today we don't have Rashawn with us, but we do have the queen of podcasting, Erin Keefe, with us today. Uh, we're very excited to have you, Erin. This has been um, on, you're, you've been at the top of our list for literally months and months and months. So, oh my gosh. No pressure. We're just yeah. very excited no. to yeah. have you. I mean, I'm only the queen because like 20 people died. 
uh, <laughs> sort of a technicality. Um, I was really far down the list. That's all it takes, baby. A King Ralph situation. Yeah, succession <laughs> rules are there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm very nervous to be here. I have that disease that I can never function around people that I watched early on in my Chicago days. Um, so uh, let's see how this goes. <laughs> no, no, no. Here, let's dive into that. What you say you're most scared of in this group? <laughs> uh, I'd say all of you equally, and I'm. I literally just started sweating and turned so red, and I'm so happy none of you could see me. Oh. I would have no idea of knowing that. My answer oh my is Claire. God. Yeah, my answer is also <laughs> Claire. Yeah. I'm also scared guys. of Claire. Well, good. <laughs> I'm just intimidated by them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was just about to say the women aren't, but I, never mind. <laughs> Before we continue, let's hear from this week's Mystery County sponsor, Aaron Keefe. Uh, do you know who it is that's sponsoring us this week? Uh, yes, it's Jenny's Ice Cream, but Jenny's is spelled J-E-N-N-Y-S, and then ice and cream are both spelled weird and wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Hi. I'm Roderick Dennis from Jenny's Ice Cream. <laughs> Our ice creams are formed from all natural products and processes that have been made special for human consumption. Me and my family. <laughs> Hello, sir. My eyes are so bad. Could I get some cream for them? Sure you can. My fellow family members are going to help you with your ice cream. Hello, this cream is made from carrots. It is for your eyes. It is made of ice. You can eat it, you can apply it to your face, and your eyes will be better inside and out. Good night. This cream right here is made from water. It's just regular water, but we sell it at a premium, so you'll know it is good. Hey, yoo-hoo, I'd like a sweet summer treat. Am I in the right place? No, get out of here. <laughs> oh. Scoot you. Bull, and bull, get out. Wait a minute. Bull, you do not come in here and ask for sweet summer treats. <laughs> I ought to pop you in the eye and then milk your eye for ice cream. And if you did, you could try the carrot ice cream. Come down to Jenny's ice cream. Put an ice cream on your eyeballs. Huh? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, we're so excited to have you. And I think everybody is also pretty excited inside the game because, y'all, it's a pretty big day Whoa. in Mystery County, specifically at the Mystery Public Library. There is a lot of buzz, a lot of Twitter because... And we're not talking bees. And we're not talking <laughs> bees because... The hometown hero, the author of great acclaim, Susan Wexler, is going to be giving a reading from her best-selling book, Monster Girth. <sighs> now, obviously, Shamanda isn't able to come because Shamanda is prepping for her one-on-one -on -one sunrise battle against Serena Ladd to see if Serena Ladd can join the <laughs> dojo, and that takes a lot of prep. But everybody else, I think, 
Well, let me ask you, Claire. Susan, I imagine, invites the kids, but does Susan really lean on them to arrive or or do you feel like the kids just come to support you on their own? Um, I think it matters per... I assume everyone's coming, but I text Adam several times. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, everyone else is going to be there to support me. Um, I'm worried about Adam showing up. So I send him several stuff like, uh-oh, guess what today is? It's the day of my reading. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I'm getting a ride from my mom. I'll be there. Mm. God, wench. And then maybe <laughs> we can go to Lids afterwards. Oh, really slick, pal. <laughs> what i type but there's like a hundred ellipses yeah how are you feeling susan about your your reading today i mean i would say i'm a little nervous i don't usually do author events uh just because of my very busy schedule is like a cooker you know a knitter a monster hunter yeah a lover of arts. I'm I'm really busy. Totally, absolutely. I mean, and it's not like your social calendar recently has opened up wide or anything like that. <laughs> that was <laughs> indelicate. But I feel like no, also. No, no. <laughs> I just wanted to give space, so you heard what you said. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is fair. That is fair. I feel like also you you were probably approached. Well, actually, let me ask you. Dorothea, are you excited to have, so Monster Girth is a pretty raunchy erotic fiction, but it is also mm -hmm. pretty popular. And I'm just curious which way you fall on it. It's at your library. Are you very excited to have Susan come do the reading or very trepidatious or some other feeling entirely? Internally, thrilled. <laughs> Has like a calendar up next to her bed counting down the days. Uh, she's obsessed with it. Uh, but she's trying to save face. She wants to be very proper. Mm. So she's mm -hmm. talking about how horrified she is to everybody else. But internally, she's very excited. Great. Yeah. So I, I think let's just dive into Susan. You, uh, you know, Dorothea is there. Dorothea, are you the head librarian of the Mystery Public Library? Yes, but only because the head librarian is sick. Okay. And so it's just like You're sort of an interim position. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love it. Uh, great. Yeah. So, uh, Susan, you know, you get there, presumably you get there a little early and Dorothea is there showing you around. How are you interacting with Dorothea? Are you clocking? And also, Dorothea, I, before we go further, your pronouns. She, her. She, her. Susan, are you clocking Dorothea's internal excitement or just experiencing the button up? I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the excitement. I'm feeling the buzz. And I'm just kind of bouncing off of it. Great. Yeah. So I think you're there. Uh, you know, buzz is high. I think everybody arrives pretty quickly, kind of gets settled. Dorothea, do you have any like, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to make you like go through Susan Wexler's bona fides or anything like that. The crowd knows who they're there to see. Mm -hmm. uh, but do you have any like anything that you say to a, do you have like a standard speech that you give to crowds when they come to library events? Mm -hmm. Well, it's just sort of like very stern reminders of like, <laughs> keep your care, keep your chairs dry. <laughs> Too late. Keep your eyes wet. <laughs> um, be polite and don't interrupt the author. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Rule number one. Never interrupt the author. Great. Yeah. And you're all there. Adam 
showed up. A little late. A, l- a little late. <laughs> Adam, what are you trailing when you come in? Uh, what am I trailing? Yeah, I feel like you have like something. Like a slime? <laughs> like, like I feel, yeah, basically. I, yeah. I could imagine it's a liquid, a solid, a gas. Like, there's something that you're bringing that's coming with you in there. What is it? Oh, I, I, I was really excited and nervous, so I made uh, deviled eggs. Oh. <laughs> and I brought them in. <laughs> so you just have a plate of deviled eggs with you? Yeah. Yeah, I made 30 <laughs> eggs. <laughs> to share or for yourself? To share for sure, for sure. Okay, great. I did have like ten of them, but uh, I'm I'm full now, so they're uh, <laughs> the rest are up for grabs. Yeah. The other thing that I imagine that well, I don't know how you feel about it, uh, Susan. Is that, so Diane comes in as Adam's ride, and Diane looks thrilled, looks yeah. so excited <laughs> to be there. That's that's nice of her to feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam, you know Diane for all of the others, like bumping of heads that she's had with Susan. She's mm-hmm. a huge Monster Girth fan. Yeah. Yeah, she it's it's wild. She is uh she has like three copies um that she just has around the house because it, it's a thick tome. So mm-hmm. it's hard to carry mm-hmm. around. And sh- and she's like, "Adam, give me give me a signature. Adam, get her get get her to sign my book." I mean, you know her too, mom. She she won't do it. She'll write something really rude if I ask her to do it. But if you ask Susan- her Susan to- Susan wouldn't do that, okay? I know that, you know, Sue. No, she did, Adam. stinky. Look, and she she opens the book and shows the first inscription from Susan. Susan, what did you write when Diane asked for your signature? (laughs) (laughs) That could be a positive. That may be like, hey, gal. (laughs) Just, Adam, go get this, take this fresh book in. Say you want it for yourself. Just ask for a signature. Mom. Susan's not going to believe that I'm reading in my free time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Adam, we need to get you a tutor or something, because that's not something you want to say to your mom. Okay. Uh, I love to read. And (laughs) I walk over and I bring the book and I say, hey, Susan, this book is for me. And I would like your John Hancock. Uh, Nice try, Adam. I can smell your Aunt Diane all over it. She's been wearing Chanel number no. five for the last. She's decade. my mom. <laughs> Wait, do you think? Do you think my mom's my aunt? I'm sorry, I just call her Aunt Diane. Yeah, his mom's my aunt. Yeah, that's CEJ's aunt. We're, you know that we're not brothers. His brother no, I, is a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Adam is none of my brothers. No, I get that. I'm an only child. CEJ has literally like a hundred brothers. <laughs> I have like two hundred brothers. I don't even <laughs> know all their names at all. <laughs> Dodo? Can I call you Dodo? Me? Um, and I'm looking over at <laughs> sorry, Aaron, what is her character's name? Dor- Dorothea? Dorothea. Dorothea. <laughs> Dorothea Dewey. I, this is why this is so hard for me. I have a grandma Doris and her twin's name is Dorothy. And I think everything oh. in that Dodo. I don't know. Yeah, Dodo. Interesting. Yeah. They sound amazing. It. Did they solve crimes together? What was their deal? <laughs> I, you know, they don't, but I feel like they could. Yeah. Oh, not anymore. Isn't one of them blind? Okay. <laughs> oh, they could solve crime. That doesn't stop solving that, I'm a sorry. crime. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. still solve crime. Have you heard yeah. of a little person called Daredevil? Exactly. Huh? <laughs> Daredevil doesn't solve crimes. Well, he, he fights does. crimes. He, he fights crimes. That's a solution. And he's a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. he's a defendant of. He doesn't solve crimes in the courtroom. He's a public defender. Yeah, he solves well, those that's crimes. Even better. Yeah, he solves the crimes guys, of the state. 
Yeah. Erin exactly. is our guest. This is my fault. This is my fault. <laughs> no, Erin. Her name is Dorothea Dewey, and she's Dorothea very Dewey. old. Yeah, will you describe what Dorothea looks like? Uh, Well, her wig is loose. <laughs> um, yes. And she's wearing four cardigans layered over each other um, with, like, the smallest one on top. And then they just get, like, bigger underneath. Um, is there like, is this like a ratatouille? Is there going to be like, <laughs> oh, is there going to be something under this? <laughs> Don't spoil. Uh, I haven't seen ratatouille. Shut up, Alan. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, now, well, now there has to be something under her wig. Um, you just, you stressed uh, yeah. it twice now and I'm, I, now I'm, uh, the game is afoot. A game so is her a wig is loose. A game, the game is afoot. Um, and she just like, I'd say you can't really like her looks are sort of foggy because like her smell she just smells oh. so much like like dust oh yeah and like yeah. potpourri that's uh-huh. the sense that gets attacked at mm-hmm. first yes mm-hmm. what's up with that wig though see ej's <laughs> eyes narrow as they lock in on the wig <laughs> yeah what's up, I'm rolling, what's up with that wig <laughs> oh, i messed up uh, I, I lean into adam and i'm like adam yeah, I'm on we it. We gotta get that wig off. Okay. You distract her. I'll, <laughs> no, I'll pull wait. it off. Well, let, wait, let's wait for a moment, because Susan's going to read from her whatever that book is. It's called Monster Girth. My mom's got three copies. It's a thick wait, tome. Monster what, Girth? I thought it was a children's book. No. no. Uh, why did she invite a bunch of teenagers to this? We're her best friends. Oh, yeah, that's we're, so sad. How many, I can't believe I've been telling you to read specifically pages 35 to 38. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks. Does, does she mention us? Because I want to try something. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh. oh God. Uh, it's not anything crazy. Okay, I'm going to go for the wig. Seniors <laughs> <laughs> is going straight for her. Uh, hey, Dor- Dorothea. Um, my. my. Shh. Oh. You whisper in the library. You I'm look sorry. at me when I talk to you and you whisper in the library. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, and most important rule. You don't interrupt the author. That's true. And uh, which is what is happening, because right at this moment is when Susan steps forward to start reading from Monster Girth. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to hear those pages. Claire, (laughs) this is a special treat. We've teased Monster Girth for literally three years. Two years? Yeah. Whoa. From very early in our podcast. Claire has written at least an excerpt's worth of Monster Girth. So, Claire, can you begin for us a reading from wherever you choose of Monster Girth? Yes. Um, I'll start at the beginning. And <sighs> then later, if we're ready, we'll work our way up to the nipples. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, That's past 38, by the way. The crowd, the crowd goes nuts already. The crowd yeah! is like, <laughs> I have got to read this book. <laughs> the crowd is just all people in the, you know, the middle-aged people all ready to button their collars down and fan their faces. Yeah, like half the Cramos are here. (laughs) Uh And then I'm doing like a Tina Turner impression where I'm like, at the very beginning, we're going to take it very easy. (laughs) But then later, (laughs) it's going to get hard. Whoa. Uh, uh, What's going on? uh, uh Goes into a conniption. Uh, Adam, take a photo of me. Okay. (laughs) I take a photo with a Polaroid. Okay. Yeah. It was a rainy night. Inside my pants. Mm. <laughs> when Mr. Demon's tail tentacle grazed my lower back in the Dwayne Reed, I was left to wonder, should, oh no. was that on purpose? 
I had promised my boss, Ryder Strong, to deliver his soul to him within that's, 48 hours. That's my dad. But that was one promise I couldn't seem to keep. What do you think? Asked Mr. Demon Tells as he held up a pair of sunglasses to their 13 blinking eyes. We don't have time for jokes, I said, but was betrayed by my own small laugh. One of Mr. Demon Tells' tentacles grazed me again. He sucked in his shuddering breath. I felt my own breath begin to quicken. His tentacle had ridges. <laughs> ridges that I hadn't noticed before when we were in hand-to-hand combat. Ridges that were possibly elsewhere. My mind was flooded with images, and I felt a surge of warmth run through my body and settle there. I shook my head as if to shake out my own thoughts, which was no use. I knew Mr. Demon Tells had heard them all. That was the thing about being around a mind-reading water demon. There were no secrets. I finally found the gauze and picked up enough to stop the bleeding from the bullet wound in my arm. Wait, what? <laughs> Let me help you with that, said Mr. Demon Tails, and he gingerly grabbed the gauze out of my hands. And this is when, uh, at this moment, yeah, see, EJ, you you notice, like, wait, that's weird. This is the first reference to a gunshot? Yeah, like, what, what's the bullet thing? Oh. And that's when, Susan, you notice, like, wait, and, and Susan... There was there was another part before that connected these two parts, and it's missing. <gasps> and it's right at that moment so that you realize, A, that there is a plot hole in your story, and B, you fall into it. <gasps> what? And we watch as the book that you're, the, the manuscript you're reading from, a hole starts to form, and imagine like a black hole where things are just falling in, and it mm. continues to open wider and wider. Susan just falls and plummets forward into it. Dorothea Dewey, who's standing, you know, primly over her, like right behind her right shoulder, just immediately falls in. Dorothea, do you oh, make no. any sound as you fall into the plot hole? Um, well, uh, she's still a little horny from the reading, <laughs> so yeah. it's sort of a moan while she's literally clutching her pearls. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And uh, and it's going in. It goes out further before you can you can do anything else. The entire front row where the rest of you are sitting just oh. falls in. No, uh, I I dive to protect the deviled eggs. <laughs> My eggs, there's twenty eggs, and you all stand up and you find yourselves in a Dwayne Reed. <laughs> oh, oh no! How's it, uh, can I do a wig check? <laughs> Wait, yeah, who's this, all here? What's this wig looking like? <laughs> mm, yeah, Dorothea. Okay, let's let's do this, uh, Dorothea. Uh, you pick. You think managing your wig is uh, a factor of keeping your cool or is your wi- wig tied more to your weirdness as a person hmm. hypothetically hypothetically if there was a pigeon <laughs> under my wig i knew it where do you think it would fall i think that would i'm be not more saying w- there is th- yeah right uh, then i'd say let's just to be safe let's say weird okay great and let's go ahead and roll so mm-hmm. we'll roll act under pressure so go ahead and roll 2d6 plus your weird Okay, but to be clear, there's n- there's not a pigeon. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. that's insane. I don't know why we would even be talking. This is about just this. I'm just covering my bases here. Uh, to two and four, so six plus six. two. Yes. Okay. So it's a mixed success, which means in an act under pressure with this, uh, I'll give you a worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. You you manage to keep your wig on. Phew. But something does, something briefly is visible. 
when you are readjusting it to the boys? What is it that they see in that moment before you get your wig firmly back in place? <laughs> they see a little pigeon who loves to read. Alan, do it. <laughs> oh, uh, great, my yeah. gosh. Adam, did you see that? I did. That was a, a rat with wings under there. <laughs> okay. We think it's pretty clear that we both know what's going on here. What is it? That bird is a demon. Oh, my gosh. And it's sucking us into the book. Oh, no. Great. That's the only explanation that I am willing to buy. What do we do? Do we get on the demon's side? Let's find out what it wants. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Uh, I mosey past the magazine stand. Yeah. Does to... CJ have the, the eggs, by the way? Because we all know that demons love eggs. Birds. Oh. And birds, too. Yeah, CEJ, uh, were you able to main hang on to him when you... Well, I guess, Crashly, Let's how did you feel it. about the fact that CEJ was dived for the eggs as you guys all fell into this hole? Well, I felt a little worried for him, but I thought if I, like, tried to look like I was protecting him, he would feel embarrassed. So I was just like, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then I think, given there is no... Uh, opposite thing, then yes, I think you did manage to hang on to the eggs. Okay. Anybody want an egg? Uh-huh. Dorothea. There yes. Wait, why are we in a... We, go ahead. You Wait, yes, you do want an egg? Mm. Someone yelled my name? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, it's me, CEJ, and my cousin Adam from earlier. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I remember you two. You used to come in for story hour, and I haven't seen you in a decade. Yes, I actually kind of forgot we had a library in this town. Um, are, what? Are you okay? What's the matter? She's having an you asthma attack. Oh, oh no! no. I have albuterol. I've got some, and I'm going to start spraying a little albuterol at her. Okay. Just at her. Yeah. At her. Just so she can breathe it if she wants. You're, so you're kind of like you're like the perfume kiosk at exactly. the mall. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, great. You, uh, yeah, you, you get sprayed in the face with some albuterol. <laughs> okay, I think she's gonna be okay. okay. Reading is important. You should come in here more. I agree. And now that you've taught us this valuable lesson, perhaps you can return us to the library. Nope. Don't know how. No. no. <laughs> uh, did um, you do this? Wait, I don't know if the. I don't think Miss Dorothea did it. She's been around forever. Like, why would she? Crashly trust us. <laughs> why? Because we don't want to say anything that may embarrass anyone here, but you have to trust us. What? Um, I think Wexler's feeling, kind of feeling herself from how well the reading was doing before she <laughs> got sucked into a portal <laughs> once again. <laughs> um, so I'm like, kids, there's only one way to figure this out. A little Wexler eye contact. And I'm going to get down on Dodo's level and be like, tell me right now, Dodo, mm. did you do this? <laughs> well, hypothetically, <laughs> if all of a sudden I finally have power at the library because someone got sick and it wasn't my fault and I didn't do anything. And then hypothetically, <laughs> a magical pigeon or something uh, sort of we joined together and we decided that to get people interested in reading, we could maybe get them to be a part of the story. And this would all be hypothetical. And none of this is true. And you're too close to my face. <laughs> I love your stories. Oh, sorry, okay. That's how I talk. Most people love it. 
<laughs> All right, I'm going to be honest with you. We saw the pigeon. Oh, I huh. hate pigeons. Is <gasps> there one in the store? There's one <gasps> under the hair. Uh. I'm sorry. I I can't keep a secret, okay? <laughs> and I I have to a- ask one question of Dorothea. Mm-hmm. One? Yeah, just one. <laughs> so Dorothea previously existed as a as a person and uh, joined with a magic pigeon. Supposedly, is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Because um, I wasn't sure yeah. if Dorothy if that's what it is or if it is more ratatouille in the terms of that the pigeon Ooh. is running a, like a Dorothea mech. That is just a human that she that the pigeon is calling the shots on. Well. In that case, the pigeon could be saying that they joined together, right? Oh wow! Yeah, she has good point. no control right now. Okay. So yeah, she has Dorothy has no idea what's going on. This is full <laughs> pigeon in control. You're talking to the pigeon. Okay, uh, great. Hmm. Yeah, you guys quickly. Um, this story does check out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so if I heard correctly, the pigeon and you know Dorothea having similar aims decided to use some magic to create this plot hole. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, that's... Plot hole. Does yeah. that work? <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Susan, yeah, you... It, the the thing that as this... They're, as the kids are kind of like talking to Dorothea and like trying to sort this out, what's weirding you out is you're looking around. This isn't just a Dwayne Reed. This is the Dwayne Reed from Monster Girth. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a little spooky. Is Mr. Demon Tails here? As you you are turning around to look and stuff, you watch Mr. Demon Tails is one of his, you know, ridged tentacles uh slipping out the door, continuing on the story that you mm. you were reading. So yeah, you Mr. Demon Tails, you watched him leave with a shadowy figure who you presume to be the story's Susan Wexler. So it's the eighties oh. now and this Dwayne Reed. Yes. Okay. Everybody, everybody is back into 80s fashion. Whoa. What in the story, uh, presumably at some point, you described the person behind the counter at the Dwayne Reed, and it they look exactly like you described. Can you describe them again for us? <laughs> um, absolutely. It was um, a middle-aged woman, um, we'll say... You know, we don't need to say middle aged, <laughs> but kind of looking young and fun. Her name was um, Miss Terry, and ooh, fun. That was the, that was the name on her tag, and she had blonde hair, but you could always kind of see the brown roots. But no one mentioned it. There could be and a it pigeon. It was permed, <laughs> and she wore a fun, kicky pink lipstick and a pink scarf all the time with it. Mm. Great. I got a. I have a question too. Are we dressed like we were, or are we dressed like it's the eighties? Yeah, I think it's more fun if you are all dressed like the eighties. Oh, cool, yeah. nice, nice. Yeah. Um, do you uh, want to describe what you you look like, Jeff? Uh, yeah. Uh, I look like uh, I, I have like a, a, a like a red pleather jacket and like <laughs> white t- uh, white jeans. Nice. Yeah. Nice. nice. <laughs> Crashly is a side ponytail for sure. Nice. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I look Susan- like Snake Pliskin from Escape from New York. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> you, gonna gonna wait, do you have an eye patch? Yeah, I have, I have. I'm wearing like a sleeveless <laughs> shirt 
and I have uh, an eye patch. Yeah, uh, the whole shebang. It unfortunately didn't work on me. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Susan actually it looks exactly the same. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Dorothy is wearing the red Farrah Fawcett bathing suit. <laughs> yeah. Like from the posters. Oh, but, like, nice. oh, but over her cardigan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Uh, great. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, Susan, you pretty quickly realized, yeah, you have fallen through this plot hole into your own story. Hello, old friend. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go up to Miss Terry because mm-hmm. we were kind of close. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you, like live in New York in the 80s, the person at the nearest Wayne Reed is your friend. So what I'm hearing from this is Miss Terry was a real person, not a fictional construct. Um, I got to stress again that this book was based <laughs> off true events. Yes. <laughs> um, and like, not everything is true. And I think that's important legally for me to say, but also <laughs> quite a bit was true. Um, not speaking legally. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, uh, yeah. So she's there. Uh, what would what would her voice sound like? Just give me a touchstone in that. You know, is she? Yeah. Oh, okay. This is Miss Terry. <laughs> great. So she's like, yeah. Hey, Susan. So good to see you. Oh my god. Wait, didn't I just see you? You you know me. You know me. I've always got to be snacking. And she goes, I do know you. I know you better than you know yourself. Ooh. God, Miss Terry, please let me introduce you to um, some youth and a librarian. <laughs> Guess who's who? <laughs> uh, and she immediately, as soon as she sees Dorothea, she's just like, Enchante. Whoa. <sighs> wow. I've never felt like this before. You're so beautiful. What? <sighs> I want to take that wig right off your head. Don't. <laughs> oh. It's a romance novel, y'all. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is what it was all for, really, huh? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Dorothea, I guess blink if you want us to help, or or, and blink five times if you want us to just casually walk away. And she just shoves him. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Okay, what's up? I crash into a Pogs display case. (laughs) Steve, are you okay? Pogs in the 80s? Yeah, this is the cutting edge of Pogs. It's nice. New wow. York City. That's yeah. true. Pogs are big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, as you're doing as you're doing that and stuff, you're and she's coming up to interact. Susan, you look around the room and because you, you can see, you know, Tracy. That was her name. Miss Terry. Miss Terry. Sorry, you you can see Miss Terry is pretty smitten with Orthea. As you're looking around. Though you see the other customers and you are pretty wigged out, they don't have faces. Oh, oh God. Mm. Okay. See, I, I was having like fun this. here for a second and was like, maybe we don't go back. And mm-hmm. you're realizing part of the problem is, is like this scene isn't super fleshed out in your book. And there, so there's, as you're looking like in the aisle of the Dwayne Reed and stuff, like the, the packaging of all of the, the different products and stuff is super generic and blurry napkins yeah Mm -hmm. exactly it's like carbonated soda and like ketchup things like that it's just fairly vague but also the edges of this place are starting to do that same thing that happened before of where the when the plot hole was forming there's it's starting to like create little the edges of this place are starting to decohere and 
and lose reality as, as it's starting to sink down as you realize that this plot hole is going to continue forming. Okay, so, uh, Susan, what do we do? Um, and, uh, Tyler, let me know if this is totally wrong to say mm-hmm. or throw something off, but I think my guys be like, kids, get yeah. to the book aisle and open another book right now. Um, okay. They have book aisles in Dwayne Reed. Sorry, my first do. time. I, my first time <laughs> in here. I'm used to CVS. Buy the magazines. Oh. Okay, I got one. This is the H. Ross Perot autobiography. <laughs> okay, anyone but CEJ have one? Yeah. What, why is mine bad? Who is this guy? Oh, this one's by Danielle Steele. Read, start reading. Start reading. Okay. Um, it says, damn it, I'm a real estate agent. I'm not your mother. And Sean looked at his mother and said, yes, you are. You're both. And she slaps him across the face. And Whoa. Sean says, how dare you? I'm stomping out of this house right now. And then he stomps out of the house. This is not well written. I'm surprised. <laughs> and then she says, I am your mother, not just a real estate agent. Suze, do you know Danielle Steele? And right at that point, the floor gives. You guys all fall through. <laughs> Terry is like, no. From above, as you, uh, Dorothea and everybody, you fall through this plot hole into uh, this Danielle Steele novel. <laughs> okay. okay, yeah, she's not the greatest writer, and the people don't know that. People she's don't so know famous. that. She's so famous. Like my. Uh, who is Daniel Steele? Danielle. Oh no, my bathing suit's gone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. I, yeah, everybody is just wearing uh, like a broad-shouldered pantsuit, mm-hmm, like pearls. Oh man, I, I didn't change again. Whoa, <laughs> Susan, you, you are Susan. You're timeless. And then, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, Adam, this woman just comes up and it says, "I told you to get out of here," and she slaps you across the face. Oh, <gasps> oh okay. No. Uh, sorry, what is this? A lids? Jeez Louise! <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, is this a lids? No, this is not a lids. But you do Damn take it. one point of harm from the slap. Oh. I am dead. Okay. Oh. Okay, Dorothea. Now we've got a hurt child. Okay. Ow. Can you tell me what the end game is here? Oh no, I'm a bait. I don't know anything. This isn't. Again, I'm not trying to get people interested in reading. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't make pigeons domesticated and then give up on that, and then they sort of have to wander around, and then maybe one of them wanders into the library and discovers the love of reading. But then a bunch of kids don't show up for many years, and they forget how great stories can be and how powerful they can be. And okay. I'm not saying that. Stop saying stuff we already know. <laughs> Wait, is this our fault? Do we let reading down? <laughs> Adam, you totally did say like you're not going to read in your and I never will. Time. You said that to me. Uh, you're and and I never will read. Okay, you're not I, even going to read the room from what oh. I can tell. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I sometimes I randomly I just shout things out from the gut, but I love reading <laughs> and. I will read the first book you hand me if we go back to our time, okay? Fine. Here. It's called Ross Perot, a biography. <laughs> okay. Mm, wow. Yay. He's a billionaire. That's so cool. Oh, my gosh. And he's from Texas, I think. <laughs> read the dialogue, buddy. The dialogue in this Ross Perot book? 
I was born in Texas, I think. <laughs> My name is Ross Perot. I'm rootin' tootin', and I'm going to be president from 92 until 2000. So, oh, Adam, as you start to read the book... Wait, I was barely reading! The, the <laughs> uh, jacket around the book, kind of the flaps come out, and they grab onto your hands almost oh. like teeth. No. And the book starts pulling closer and closer to your face, and you can't hold it back as it goes over your face like a face hugger on Aliens. Oh, no. And then you just get sucked into the book. Gruesome. Uh, Alan, will you pick up the story for us of uh, Ross Perot from his autobiography? Yeah. Uh, Adam, you, uh, you, you plop into, you like slide through the ceiling and just sort of, re you feel like you rematerialize in a seat. You're like, what the heck's going on? And you look down and you realize you're wearing a, a Navy uniform. Oh. It's like pristine white, like a Navy dress uniform. And your left breast is like covered in metals. Like it's way, uh, sagging, weighing you down. Oh. And uh, a small, weird-faced little businessman uh, comes <laughs> bursting into the door. And it's it's Ross Perot. And he's, <gasps> he's hopping mad. There's steam coming out of his ears. He's got his hand stuck in a bag of peanuts um <laughs> just classic ross perot stuff his pinstripe suit is kind of like making a magic eye effect as he's one around and he jumps onto the end of the long table that you're at and uh -huh. he says james stockdale we are gonna lose this election <laughs> <laughs> well listen there's no way we can god damn it <laughs> uh wait do i have any of james stockdale's memory or am I straight up Adam? You're just straight up Adam. Yeah, yeah. Adam. You're you you have you have salt and pepper hair and a blank expression, but otherwise you are you are Adam. Oh my god. Uh, hey, uh so okay, uh maybe we should lose the election because things Okay, I'm going to reason with you, buddy. I'm a, I'm a teenager, okay? He bursts <laughs> into tears. What? What's the matter? Just hey. weeping, snot rolling. Ross, Ross. He curls up into a little ball. Whoa, Ross. I smack him like I got smacked in the Daniel Steele novel. And he's he's little, so he goes flying. <laughs> and I bust in the door and say, it's me, Margo Perot, and I can't believe you did that, John Stockdale. You okay. pick him up and put him on his Right now. <laughs> uh, okay, listen, I'm trying to, and then behind her is Ross Jr. and the four other kids. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm winking as fast as I can. Winking, blinking, Don, and Ross Jr., get on in here. Winking, blinking, Nod, listen. and Ross Jr. Those are their nicknames. They love fairy yeah, tales. What do you want? Pick your father up and put it back on his feet. No, I'm picking him up, all right. Okay. I made this mess and I'm picking him up. You kids stay the heck back. You don't talk to my children like that. I'm going to be vice president, goddammit. Daddy, why do you bring such angry men into our home? Winkin, what a beautiful question. I'm sorry, kids. Wait. All I ever wanted was to run a, a successful business to get our missing Vietnam POWs back and to beat that bastard Bob Dole in an election. Am I the villain in the Ross Perot story? <laughs> <laughs> and as an aviator, as an aviator, I jump in a, my, my jet plane. You're not I'm an like, aviator. You're, wait, you are. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. I am an aviator, and my nickname is Jim. <laughs> 
Okay, I'm not coming back until I fly to my home in Abingdon, Illinois, and I get right by myself, and then I'll be back. Go ahead, Jim, run, just like you do from all your problems, just like you did in the Vietnam War. I'm not running. I was a POW in the Vietnam War. I got captured in 1965, September 9th. Whoa! <laughs> wow. I'm greeting Should as fast I? as I can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right at that point, yeah, I think uh, somebody bursts in and is like, Mr. Perot, it's time for the debate. The vice presidential debate? That's right. One that you're heavily invested in. Jim! Do you want me there to go against Al Gore and Dan Quayle? I'll keep them back. Okay, Jim. Here's the deal. What? We're going to do this just like we planned. Right. My youngest son, Blinken, and I, I he, Ross Perot nods to Blinken, played by Aaron Keefe, and uh, he, Ross Perot says, is going to feed you your lines through the teleprompter. <laughs> okay. They're the fastest typers we got, and okay. they know your platform better than you, you, you awesome. son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, great. Also, I'm reading. All right. So, so here we go. Wait, here and, is. And just for good luck. I'm going to put $5 million in your pockets. Oh, wow. That's thick. And I line his pockets with dollars and I push him out onto the Okay. Stage. Also, I'm reading about him. <laughs> I guess he opened the vice presidential debate by saying, who am I? Why am I here? Which is so fitting. <laughs> that's what he literally said when responding to a request for an opening statement from the debate moderator. Oh, my God. Oh my God! Uh, but Blinken is up there um, at the teleprompter, oh sort of debating God. whether or not to tell anyone that he just got broken up with like thirty seconds ago, oh. and he's sobbing, and he really has no idea what's going on. Who yeah. am I? Why am I here? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I, uh, I think there's like here? The, the yeah the the um, moderator is like we're all here tonight to learn about potential vice presidents. We'll start. With Admiral James Stockdale with running as a third party with Ross Perot, uh, Mr. Stockdale, could you or Admiral Stockdale, could you give us your opening statement? <laughs> I fall, hit my head, oh. and then start typing. <laughs> uh -oh. John Stockdale, you get up off that stage and you pick my baby up and put him on the street right oh, now. Yeah, and James Stockdale in that moment, uh, Adam, you, there's just like. Uh, it it just becomes like ellipses that are just going and going as uh, Blinken's um, head is just pressing down on the period uh, on the keyboard. Who, who am I? <laughs> Why am I here? Oh, I hope Bill Hartman doesn't make fun of this later on SNL this week. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we'll cut back over. Okay. Uh, the rest of you are there uh, in the Daniel Steele novel, and Adam has gotten sucked into the book that C.E.J. was holding, the autobiography of Ross Perot. Okay, that's not my fault. The rules up to this point were that we all get sucked in. So there was no way for me to know that that was going to – everyone looks upset, and I am going to – I just stand, I shuffle behind Crashly and just <laughs> use her as a human shield. I hold his hand, but behind my back. <laughs> oh, great, yeah. That's uh, where he is. Are, are any of you big fans of Danielle Steele? No, <laughs> never... it's just the first 80s author I could think of. Oh, no, I mean characters. Oh. Oh. Are any of your characters oh. fans? Um. <laughs> Probably Dorothea, yeah. but okay, yeah, Dorothea, you're pretty stoked um, because 
you are in well aaron what was the title aaron rain what is the title of the daniel Steele novel that they're in it was um diamonds and betrayal wow (laughs) yeah one of your personal favorites dorothea diamonds and betrayal and you're starting to get a sense of like your abilities within this so dorothea is there a particular chapter in the book that you would rather be in um like i'd say right in the middle with like the first big juicy scene great and what's the setting for that hmm. uh diamond you said diamonds and betray and betrayal yes yes uh so uh it is a moment where the a thief has like broken to this woman's home to steal like her precious diamond um, and she gets his mask off and she realizes that it's like the guy that she's been seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So without almost even any, as soon as you realize what story you're in, Dorothea, you just start to get excited and the rest of you just experience the room that you're in sort of shift the, like it gets dark outside immediately. Like it's night. Uh, and you find yourselves in a room, you're in the corner and Dorothea is just sort of like nibbling her nails and just uh, watching delighted as you see a cat burglar start to enter into the the office. Uh, what do the rest of you do? Well, I get my face sucked into a Ross Perot book. Yeah, you, you Adam, you're in another book entirely. Yeah. Um, I think I want to walk over and try to reason with Dor- Dodo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dorothea. I'm going to be like, you know what? Okay. Loving this. Loving what you're doing. <laughs> um, if I had one note about it, um, you know, <laughs> author to author, artist to artist, it would be that maybe, um, maybe we don't leave children alone in different portals of time. No, no, Susan, they, they gotta le- they gotta learn the power of storytelling, and this one's good. I've written Daniel Steele, Daniel. I've written her like four thousand letters, and she's <laughs> never ever wrote me one back. But I don't oh, really? care. I love this story. I love it. Oh my goodness! Just wait. Just watch. Just watch. Just watch. Just watch. Just watch. Just watch. I, I can get you on her Christmas card list. She is like she won't leave you alone. Time to break into this house. <laughs> <laughs> clink clink clangity clang. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Rain. Will you play the uh, the love interest? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. What What was that noise, darling? Um, yes. So, Sorry. <laughs> no, yes. No, there, no, there is another person here. Yeah, there is another person here. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I don't know, honey. Why don't you go find it out on your own? I'm too busy sleeping and not caring about our relationship. <laughs> oh, honey, you're so silly, and that hurts my feelings. <laughs> I'll just wrap my silk robe around myself and walk over to the window. Hmm. Oh, who are you? Oh, you're not supposed to see me. You're supposed to be sleeping. And I'm not... Sub- but I'm not, and I can. Well, I can see you. Hey, there's someone see... up in that window. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, who the hell is that? <laughs> hey. Is that, is that another cat burglar? No, I'm the neighbor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, uh, some neighbor you are. You're not even getting on up here to stop this kiss from happening. Oh, Sloppy writing. What? They're going to kiss? I'm going to tell your husband. Now, I have a question. As this is all happening uh, uh-huh. for the kids, we have uh, Crashly and CEJ are there. Mm-hmm. Um, do, are either of you into this story, like watching this play out? No. Yeah. 
Okay, CJ, <laughs> uh, you turn and you kind of just start, you know, uh, you're holding Crashly's hand. Crashly is all about it. And yeah. you were kind of bored. What book do you pick up from the shelf? Um, you know what? I, I pimped uh, Jeff. So Jeff, let her rip, buddy. What? what I, I just grab a random book <laughs> off the bookshelf in this wealthy house. Uh, okay, you grab James Stockdale's autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, before you know it, you're sucked Whoa, in. Whoa, this guy's an American hero. <laughs> Wait, I have to say, I feel like if she feels CEJ getting pulled, Crash is going to keep her hand as if she can. Because okay. he went to Turkey and then he came back very mad and had flirted with a girl who's dead now. And my <laughs> hand comes off. <laughs> no! Oh, uh, Tyler, Crash- <laughs> Tyler yeah. will love this. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Crashly, go ahead and roll to act under pressure. So okay. roll plus cool. Okay. We'll see what happens. Uh, I got a seven. A seven. So you have a worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. You can go with him, but that's it. You can't keep him there. Okay. I'll go. Okay, I'll go great. With him. Yeah. Uh, you find yourself in a different chapter in the book, though. Oh, no. <laughs> so you're going to find yourself in a different chapter in in Admiral <laughs> James Stockdale's autobiography. Stockdale on Stoicism. What's it oh, called? That's what it's called? The Stoic Warrior's Triad. Oh, wow. hell yeah. Triad. Wow. Juicy. And I think before we cut away, right right as we cut away, the cat burglar and the the like lady, a uh, femme fatale, notice that um, Dorothea is watching them. And <laughs> it, it starts to it starts to accelerate the romantic. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And that's where we'll end our episode for today. Join us next week for the stunning conclusion with Aaron Keefe. Thanks so much for listening, Monster Hunters. If you enjoyed this, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Talk to us on social media at Mystery County or tell a friend. It really helps us grow our audience. And we are so grateful to you for sharing our weird and wild little world. Now, Adam Miller has a special yearbook message for our patron, Sean M. Hey, Sean M. Not to confuse you with Sean N. He sucks and you rock like R-A-W-K rock. You've been the best lab partner any kid can have. You do all the weird stuff with the pigs when we have to dissect them, and you don't make me do that, because I hate doing that. Pigs are, you know, so close to the human. Anyways, I'm rambling now. P.S. Thanks for saving me from that uh, Arby's bathroom. I was locked in there for nearly a day. Don't tell anyone, or else I'll say you were the one locked in there. Sincerely, Adam, I ran out of room. Miller. (laughs) Until next time, check out this One Shot Network podcast. System Mastery is a delightful stroll through the history of role-playing games, except the games are terrible and the hosts are real jerks about everything. Join hosts Jeff and John as they explore the weirdest games ever made to talk about what worked, what went wrong, and which Silverhawk was the best. It was Hotwing, don't even add us. Find their shows at SystemMasteryPodcast.com. You can find all that and more at OneShotPodcast.com.
have I fully have soaked my sweatshirt with tears and sweat. <laughs> <laughs> That's ice cream. In the universe of Star Wall Odyssey, space is made out of the collective imaginations of all the thinking beings who live on various planets. These worlds are connected to each other through imagination. Common themes and ideas are strings between universes. And to get between them, people fly wooden ships that look like animals, which are powered by emotions. Also, people communicate with each other by contemplating orbs. The only way you can take pictures is getting stared at by a big psychic bug. And people have already declared victory in a war over the very concept of evil. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Starwall Odyssey follows the adventures of the hapless inhabitants of the Lucky Finn Tenement Building, who suddenly find that their apartment is actually a spaceship, and that they're lost in a sea of boundless imagination. It's an actual play starring me, James D'Amato, Mel D'Amato, Ali Grauer, and Drew Merzieski, as we playtest the No Kings system, which will hopefully one day be the Skyjacks role-playing system. It toes the line between weird and wonderful slice of life and high-flying space fantasy. You can sample the first five episodes by searching for Star Wall Odyssey on your favorite podcast app, or get the whole thing by heading to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and signing up for $5 a month or more.